Ah, thank you for joining us on the newest episode from the Super Classy Midwest Sports Podcast. We are coming to you live and direct from our man cave to your man cave. I am your host, the Hype Man, and with me as always is my co-host, C. Dizzle, along with a special guest, Brother Neely, who many of you may remember from the CTE episode we did a few weeks back. We're happy to have him on the show with us again. Today's episode is a little different in the sense that it was previously recorded. Due to unforeseen circumstances, we had to delay its production until now. With that being said, we welcome our guests and take you to where we left off. But as an aside from last week's episode, we talked about Antonio Brown. Great episode. All right, so one thing I meant to say is Antonio Brown, with his second uh, sexual assault allegation, came from a woman who he paid to paint a mural of him inside his home. So she was there for a few days, and uh, on one of those days, he comes out uh, basically naked in a towel and tries to expose himself to her, Um, you know, like, hey, girl, here it is. And uh, she was like, no, Antonio, I'm here to paint you. Next day comes around, she's there to paint him, and somewhere in there, uh, she says he's having sex with another woman in in the room while she's trying to paint him. So she was obviously not cool with that and left didn't finish the job, which then Antonio, according to her, threatened her with a bunch of text messages, pictures of herself and her children, and uh, she was terrified for her life. So I uh, just wanted to add that from last week's episode. Antonio, he's, he sounds like he's probably a jerk. Yeah. So. Well, he sounds like a perverted guy anyways. Yeah. Some of the stuff he's done. So. Yeah. Something's not wrong with, it, or not right with him. But I guess he recorded a rap song. Um after he walked off the field that what? night. So what was the lap song? Hey, I'm quitting. Oh, I'm doing peace signs. I don't know. I didn't hear the song, but I bet other than the porno he filmed, he also evidently recorded a rap song. Well, he probably did. It was, in, it was at MSG, Madison Square Garden, that night because he was there uh, front row for the next for the uh, I think it was the next night he was courtside. Yeah, 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 for the, yeah, for the next game. Well, regardless, I'm glad that he's not a Kansas City Chief. Uh, we don't yeah. need distractions like that. And no, uh, it's not. too bad because he's a darn talented player, but something is not right. I no. agree 100% no. on that. You know, and I, you know, at, when he first, before he signed Tampa Bay, I was 100% Tony Brown come to Kansas City. I no. was. No, I but wasn't. all the stuff not that. Not anymore. Not anymore after all the stuff he's. Got going on, so yep. no thank you. All right, so this episode is going to be a good one. Uh, something we alluded to in a previous episode, we were talking about NFL players and toward all shots that they take. And so uh, we thought we would go ahead and do the episode this week where we talk about professional sports and professional athletes and the oh use of God. drugs and just kind of dive into that, that world a little bit. Because um, it turns out uh, drug use is rampant amongst, amongst athletes, uh, just like it is with most of society. Uh-huh. So, um, to, to get started, I would like to note a few um, notable uh, situations that occurred. All right. There's, and, a good, there's a very good update. And Doc, Philly, Doc Phillip Ellis Jr., pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, threw a perfect game while under uh, the influence of acid. I don't think that that is your everyday usage uh, choice for professional athletes. Um, pretty darn impressive. Uh, definitely did not enhance performance in a conventional manner. But perfect game is a perfect game, right? Well, dude, the fact that he was able to even play 
on acid is is I mean that had to be terrifying, but to throw a perfect game is is phenomenal. So um, I don't know. Props to that guy, I guess. But um, all right. So some other notable things. Andre Agassi um, had won some some pretty big tournaments under the influence of uh, basically meth and amphetamines, which you think in the world of tennis makes sense, but. Um, Got to be focused. Amphetamine use is, is yeah. happening across all sorts of, of leagues, so we'll, we'll talk about that, too. He actually did crystal meth. Uh, yeah, he, oh, crystal meth, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, shoot, he was not playing around. Taking it a step further. Wow. Yeah. Well, he had won some pretty serious tournaments. Well, he won the U.S. Open a couple of times. He also won yeah. the uh, Australian Open. Uh, I think he's a two-time Australian Open mm-hmm. champion, and I believe he is a three-time U.S. Open champion. Wow, and he and and he's also a gold medalist. To do that, to do to perform under meth, I mean, it probably helped to a degree where he didn't get tired and his focus was probably a little better. But I don't know. Either way, yeah, I I just want to know what crystal meth had him during when you're playing tennis. I just don't see how you can use drugs when you're playing tennis. There's really no. Well, most of these guys are using a stimulant of some sort, typically Adderall or methylphenidate or something like that, but. You know, so, I mean, it makes sense because a little bit of amphetamine is going to actually, you know, you're not going to get as tired. Your focus is going to be a little better. Studies show that if we all took a a low dose of amphetamines, we would all probably perform a little better in our day and be happier. But, um, you know, for someone who's not prescribed that, you know, for a real reason and takes it, it would enhance your performance in theory. Yeah. So... I don't know. Some other noticeable thing was was uh, Ron Artest drinking uh, liquor during halftime of the basketball games, and uh, Coach Sarkeesian, who was with uh, the Lakers. No, no, he was with the USC as a football coach. Oh, oh yeah, Steve right. Sarkeesian. Right. He was recently the head coach. Where um, was he in Texas? Oh, uh, yeah, he was in Texas. Yeah, so he got fired at USC for drinking vodka on the sideline during the game. So I don't know. Interesting stuff. I mean, what 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 cracks me? What what I find interesting is Chris Carter and Michael Phelps. Uh, both, I mean, Michael Phelps is an Olympic gold medalist. You know, broke the record for the United States Olympics for swimming, in and he had the he had an alcohol addiction. Yeah, well, he he's done. He's spoken out a lot about recovery. So yeah, you know, with what he was going through, I could see where alcohol is going. But but Chris Carter, I mean, he was using crack and. XC, marijuana, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and I find that very interesting because yeah. I mean, that's a Hall of Famer right there, you know? Well, all right, so let's move on to like just the NFL. Let's let's talk about that and, and sort of just their drug testing policy and the, the substance use that takes place in the NFL. Like I said, we had mentioned in a previous episode about uh, players taking shots at Toradol, and that is definitely happening. Basically, every player lines up before the game and takes a shot at Toradol uh, to numb out the pain. And... Um, you know, it, it helps get through the game, but when the Toradol wears off, I mean, basically they're they're in more pain than bef- before because the injury's still there. Yep, absolutely. Those those shots are supposed to get the guys about four to six hours worth of relief. Um, it's a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, so it's in the same category as your Leave, your Advil. Hmm. Um, it, it just is a little bit more to the exact point the issue's taking place. And um, it is not a new thing. We have been hearing about it more recently because they've learned there's some pretty nasty side effects to it. Yeah. But it's been going on for many, many, many years. And the long-term use of, of Toradol is pretty damaging to the body. 
So players take Toradol before the games. They take a stimulant, Adderall, some sort, something like that, much like baseball players do to help their focus and help with fatigue and all that. Um, and then obviously after the game, they have to come down from that. So this is where you see the use of opiates and alcohol, which we know if you combine opiates and alcohol together, you're going to get you know more of an enhanced sedative effect. The problem is you take too much opiates and alcohol, uh, you could die because of the way it suppresses the, the central nervous system. So that's why we're seeing players like uh, that Skaggs pitcher, pitcher out of Anaheim Angels, yeah, Jason Skaggs, Jason Staggs. Yeah, died of you know too much too much uh, benzos or I mean sorry too much opioids and alcohol after a game. And same thing with an NHL player this last year. Yep. Um, but you throw fentanyl in the mix, you get you're gonna get even more uh, overdoses. So same with same with Joe Strawberry. You know when he when he was in the league, you know he had the same problem. Well, Daryl was he was like a lot of the Mets was using cocaine and, and crack. And if you watch that that thirty for thirty ESPN did on on the the '86 Mets, they were all on cocaine. I mean, yeah. My goodness, the first baseman admitted he's like, I don't even remember most of the season. You know, right. he, he's like, I was, I was on cocaine the whole time. I remember most of the season. So and we obviously know Daryl and Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, Daryl sounded like he was really high on the, on the cocaine when he was, when he was in the league. Yeah. You know, they had uh, a good time. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that guy we can, I mean, I don't know if you, if we touch base all, but Josh Hamilton also was pretty big on. Well, he was, that was myth. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. If we look across all the major sports, NHL, NBA, NFL, and M- MLB, um, and we look at the drug testing policies, they're actually pretty lax. And they're they're basically, it, it, it wouldn't be too hard to get around detection, all right? So pretty much the only sport, the only league where every player is actually tested is the NFL. And that, that happens during a training camp. So everyone's getting tested during training camp. Everyone's getting tested at the combine for sure. After that, you might get tested once or twice during the year, but they're going to let you know when you're going to get tested and they're going to give you a heads up. So basically every player has uh, urine with them, whether it's fake urine or, well, it would probably have to be fake urine because if it's real urine, you would need a sample basically that was you got within, what, probably 24 hours because that sample will go bad after a while. But See, I thought it was just crazy that I thought with Major League Baseball, I thought Major League, I thought the MLB always did drug testing like baseball has, every week. They have done no drug testing since COVID started. Yeah, and there's a lot of benefits to it. I mean, obviously from the player standpoint, there's tens of millions, if not more, at stake mm-hmm. for you and your family um, by performing at your absolute peak. But at the same time, it's a better product on the field. When yeah. guys are mashing homers, when pitchers are throwing 102 miles an hour, so, so it is a better product. And baseball so, is all about getting numbers and viewers right now. So they'll do if they if that means we're not going we're going to suspend drug testing for the next two years, um, so just you, to see what you, happens. So you, they'll do so it. for example, I'm gonna. This is, I mean, this is still on topic. So in '97, when McGuire and Sosa were having the the home run battle. Do you think both of them were using drugs at the time? Well, we know they were. We there's been tons of documentaries on. It. They were they were both using uh, what Andro? 
No, they were using straight out steroids. Oh, but they were using straight steroids. Oh, wow. I, I think it, it was a very large population of major league players at that point in time were using something, but there was no rules against it. Right. Well, I think the steroids people now are using are HGH versus you're your, your using like the DECA or, you know, the Winstrol things are going to get you really built and cut, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a whole other topic on just the different kinds of steroids. But, right. All right, so NFL starts their drug testing, ironically, on April 20th, so 420, which in in the world of drug use, that's that's a, kind of a, a joke amongst marijuana users. Um, so that's like the marijuana holiday. And that's the day they start their drug testing. Okay, so they, they basically will let you know, put something on your locker, says, hey, you got to go report here, take a drug test. And they give you the cup, and they just say, go in that, go in that bathroom or that stall and, you know, bring me back a sample so no one's actually watching um which makes it pretty easy especially in the day of being able to buy you know synthetic urine that could pass any sort of drug test so that that that's what's happening there yeah um and it's, it's happening across the leagues so um all right so players are using opioids for sure to come down after the games and you throw alcohol in there and we're gonna have addiction so they're trying to do basically a harm reduction and move over to marijuana and studies speculate that 50 to 90% of NFL players use marijuana um, because, you know, it, it, it can help with the pain, is less addicting and, um, you know, not, not, as, not as intense or severe as, as using opiates. Yeah, and it's not just NFL. Uh, I, I, I think it's fair to assume that it, it is f- pretty widespread amongst professional athletes. Um, None of the leagues, none of the major leagues test for marijuana at all. They do not, and 82% of the major league sports hometowns have either recreational or medical marijuana in that jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, so it is completely legal for them to do what they do. So in the NFL, the only states that don't have uh, met, at least medical marijuana are Tennessee and Wisconsin. So you go to Green Bay, you go, you go play the Titans, you know, you're, you're going to have to, I guess, obtain your marijuana illegally. But um, at least in the NHL, you know, they know that there's there's considerable marijuana use there. Um, and, and in fact, when you look at the NHL, the main drug of choice there evidently is cocaine, which which I think is kind of interesting. I think uh, that's weird. You know, I don't know if it's if it's the stimulant, if they if cocaine is easier to get than Adderall or I don't I don't really know. But uh, NHL's got a major cocaine problem. I think I think the NHL is because uh, a lot of the players go up north to Canada to play, and they're bringing them back some marijuana. You know, marijuana when they come back. Well, well, they're they're obviously if cocaine's the main drug of choice, they're getting in Canada and the U.S. But I don't know why they bring marijuana back if most of the cities they play in have at least medicinal or legal marijuana. Right. Yeah. Sense, though. yeah, I I read a study that said you know the NHL the average NHL player is taking three or more opiates a day, and you look at the schedule and what they go through, and you wonder how in the world can you take that beating and go out and play again a day or two later? Right. It's like well, I could see how opiates become a thing there, but maybe they're taking the opiates to get through the pain, and then they're taking the cocaine to to kind of jack themselves up. 
Yeah, they have a pretty darn rigorous schedule. I mean, you're on the oh, road yeah. 41 different nights out of the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know about rugby, but NHL has got to be the most rigorous physical sport to play in because of what your body's doing and the amount of games you play. Well, same thing with soccer, too, though. Soccer's going through. But hockey, you could play a game. You could get checked into the board. You could literally get beat up by somebody else. Like, well, yeah, I, yeah, you're I, supposed I, to go play two days later. Those guys later. are fast. Those yeah. guys are fast. You're, you're like, supposed to go play two days later. I know. I, I'm not mad about I You took I a 100-mile-an-hour puck off the chest. No, I, I, res- chest I respect. That still hurts. I respect players that play hockey. You know, yeah. and you you yeah. play hockey. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I respect. And know, I wear I, a cage. <laughs> <laughs> like I respect every player that plays hockey. You know, and I. You know, because they they go through so much pain and everything. I mean, as as a hockey player yourself, hi, Doc, are you like what kind of pain? Well, do you first take? off, I play once a week in a non-checking league. Yeah. Okay, and I will tell you now. We play Sundays. I'm still sore by, like, Tuesday, okay? Um, I don't know how those guys do it. And and especially you get those guys like Jaeger who just played forever. It's like, man, you, you truly are, like, a unicorn. Right, you know? or Crosby and Veshkin. Those guys have well, played forever. Well, Crosby's suffered so many migraines, or, I mean, concussions, excuse me, that you know, you're glad he's still playing. Yeah. Yeah. Same well, with Veshkin. He's been getting... He's been getting hurt a lot too. Yeah, well, with hockey, I mean, you're playing surface as hard as a rock. You're oh, yeah. Playing on ice. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you fall, anytime you hit your head, even with the helmet on, any of the above. All right. You're gonna feel it. Baker time. He was on episode with us a while back. Play hockey with him. Um, he, you know, we like to say take him to the bakery because that's what he does. And he was taking this guy to the baker shop, and uh, dude checked him, and he hit his head in the wall. Concussion. Boom. Oh, you know. Damn. So. No, when I was up when I was up in Wisconsin uh this past couple weeks, uh couple weeks ago, like we went to every sports shop or sports store and that's all they had was just hockey stuff. Well, I mean yeah, it was why not? It's Wisconsin. Yeah. Hockey's a big sport. But yeah. all right, so a guy huge. A guy in the NHL Sorry. former NHL players have come out and said basically that team doctors were giving them whatever drugs they wanted. They're giving them benzodiazepines for anxiety, sedatives to help them sleep, like Adderall to help them play, pretty much whatever. And from the NFL, basically the same thing. And I know when Skaggs died in uh, the MLB and the Angels looked into that, it turned out it was a team doctor that was supplying him with the opioids. So this becomes another problem where it's so easily available. But at the same time, there's millions of dollars on the line, and if you don't play – you know, your team might lose or you lose your position, you're going to do what it takes, right? Absolutely. And it starts way before you hit professional sports. I mean, you're right. Doc, you and I, and, and Davis too, we all played sports in college uh, football for us, um, golf for, for Dizzle. Yeah. Um, there were steroids floating around at these lower level colleges. Oh, absolutely. So if they're floating around there, uh, the cycle's already begun. It it has already been. How do I I perform better? Yeah. How do I allow my body to get back out there and do it again? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was a kid from BYU who came out and said he was surprised about the steroid use at BYU, and he he said he knew about fifteen to twenty players on that on their team, the football team that were doing steroids, and he was like, you know, we're we're kind of a conservative 
you know, Mormon-based school. And he's like, if it's happening here like that, imagine where it's going oh. everywhere else. But I agree. You know, I played college football in a small town in the middle of little Kansas, and I knew there was guys on steroids. I saw them using them myself, you know, and people will do anything. On that note, you were mentioning about BYU. I mean, welcome to the Big 12, first of all. Uh, the second of all, it's, yeah, they're a small school in the middle of, you know, nowhere. Just like, a, like you know. Well, really the point at. is, is that the steroid use is everywhere. Yeah. NFL recognized, they recognized they had a steroid problem in the 1960s, right when the, you know, you started to see the NFL come about. And they didn't really introduce steroid drug testing till the 80s. And we all think of, like, Bill Romanowski and how, you know, we know how much <laughs> steroids guy. he Yeah, used. that guy. You know, that yeah. guy was a nutcase. He was. But, you and know, we, if... We, we, were, we were not a big fan of him anyway, so... He was a donkey. He was a donkey. Yeah, he was. But uh, the steroid use is, is happening pretty much everywhere, at least at least in the NFL. I think you throw HGH in there, it's probably happening in every major sport. Oh, yeah, 100%. Especially if they're not not really doing much testing. Yeah. But, uh, it's I don't crazy know. about all the famous, all the athletes that you don't, well, that you don't know that they do it, like the addictions and the drugs and stuff. I mean, let's look at Josh Gordon, for example, you know. He, well, Josh Gordon was what, marijuana? Uh yeah yeah the Couldn't league stop. goes same stop. same thing with Ricky Williams, and I don't know. I mean it's just it's just weird to see a lot of the famous name like big names superstars. Well, you guys have seen like the the documentaries on the the wrestling people like Ric Flair and Andre the Giant and uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage and oh yeah you know they the one thing we can take from all those documentaries is those guys were all on steroids, they were all. Major Hogan. alcoholics. Hulk Hogan was on it. They were all addicted to opioids because they go out there, they do the steroids to get the, to be the physique they are. They trash their bodies, and then they got to use the opiates and the alcohol to manage the pain and come down from it, and it, it creates a major cycle. Once yeah. again, all about the performance, whether it be managing the pain so you can do it again tomorrow, yeah. or building the strength, quickness, whatever else with steroids. Yeah. Um, they they play a factor in everything. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you even talk about pro golf. Um, th- those guys are using substances. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's been a, there's been a couple of them um, that got popped in the last couple of years um and diz will correct me if i'm wrong but uh there were there was some guys got in trouble for smoking a little bit of weed and then maybe doing some anxiety medication of 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 some sort i mean i don't even think they should really bother with that if you're you're a major performer i could see why you might need some anti you know an anxiolytic of some sort and i also think you know the research proves marijuana is like you know, a harm reduction, a whole step down from opiates as far as potential danger, long-term impact, uh, you know, potential for addiction. Yep. Um, and I know they said what? They believe between 50 and 90% of NFL players uh, use marijuana in some form because of the, the way it helps with the pain. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce off what Neil was talking about with the, with the golf. Um, there was a couple guys that on the PGA Tour that got popped. And they are for they what? Got, uh, for drug abuse. What are they using? Uh, you never hear athletes using heroin. 
You don't, and they will never. <laughs> it's like for musicians, you know. Like, <laughs> like, like, like oh, and, other than like Josh Hamilton and Andre Agassi, you don't hear much meth use either, you know. No, so uh, well, there, there, there's there, there's been a couple guys on PGA Tour that I know of have got popped for cannabis use. Um, not really any big names that everyone would have heard of. Um, so, I believe Robert Garrigus was in that group as well. Um, so the, they they test for marijuana, and then Matt Every was the other guy. Yeah, so they're they're testing for that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But any recreational golfers out there, I mean, have y'all ever stood over a putt for tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars? No. So you can't do that. Not to be Kansas. Someone gave me the analogy of pretending the putt was either worth a million dollars or a year in prison. I'm like, ooh, I would not take that gamble. Yeah, I don't want. Well, the thing is, the drugs they need to be tested for is probably amphetamines and opioids, and doesn't sound like we're we're seeing much of that. Well, steroids too, but I don't know. Um, Oh dang! We baseball is known for the amphetamines, which makes sense because they play what 162 games a year or something like that. 168 games. Long road. Yeah, I can see where the opiates are there, and and uh, NBA, you know, it's a lot of sedatives to help them sleep because they're traveling so much yep absolutely so, i don't know kind of interesting but yeah so really if you look across the board in all sports and really throughout society there 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 definitely is some aspect of of, of drug use to enhance performance or get through pain yeah. or perform at a more physical level level than you normally could whatever you got to do to be there yep LeBron James and uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson spend a million dollars a year just helping their bodies recover. Yep, Jack, absolutely. Hyperbaric chambers, massage therapists, all that, million dollars a year. Yep. Gizzle, you got something you want to say here? I do. Hop back gonna, on gonna, that gonna, golf gonna, for us. Yeah, I'm hollering back. I'm going to yeah. bounce back to the golf uh-huh. about uh, the marijuana use. Well, it looks, right, so, looks like the article there says most PGA golfers says cannabis helps improve their performance helps decrease their anxiety so for the competition uh-huh so yeah, yeah. that makes me wonder is how is it a performance enhancing drug that's what i'm wondering same it's, thing if you're a professional eater if you're, yeah if you're in the hot dog contest is that you you know is the cannabis a performance enhancing drug knowing that it induces hunger <laughs> <laughs> i mean put it like that maybe well very very possible very well, possible i don't know you think it was was it sean why do or one of those skiers or no one of those like extreme snowboarders tested positive for marijuana in the olympics and they're like it's not a performance enhancing drug it's like well well look at look at uh who's uh lance um what's his name from what sport Tour de France, basically. Armstrong. Lance yeah, Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. Lots of, used, lots of, he lots was, of stuff. He was yeah. using lots of marijuana, but he was he also was. on steroids. Yep. Yeah. One and nut was, Lance. And, and he was, the marijuana and the steroids might have helped him recover. Who knows? But, yeah. All right, moving on. Hey, one thing we meant to ask you there at the beginning of the episode, Brother Neely, I, and I, I, I got a little excited, I'm sorry, but, you know... Since you were on the last episode, I know it's been a, a probably a month or so now. Is there anybody in sports that you would like to slap that you didn't get to slap before? Oh my goodness, it has not changed. The MLB owners and Rob Manfred. Oh, oh yeah, dude, oh, absolutely. Dude, yeah, can we? Can Hold we, up. 
let's give our announce or our viewers an update. There's yep. been a lockout. There's been a lockout. And There's the owners go after that. The players, they're not talking. No. They are not talking. No. There is no end in sight. Yeah. Um, they yeah. just had a meeting this past week, but it does not look it's like, not uh, like it baseball. doesn't look like spring training is going to start on time. Dude, it's garbage. It's yep. BS. Uh, yep. So, uh, gentlemen, is there anyone y'all would like to slap? Well, dude, talk about the MLB lockout though, real quick. Um, it's garbage. We're dealing with this again. And, and there's the sides are so far from meeting the middle ground. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but, uh, they, so people have been turning their attention to the Dominican league. Which, a previous episode, we talked about Albert Pujols, right. who's actually playing in that league because he said it was always a dream of his. And they got uh, Milky Cabrera and a bunch of other guys. Oh, by the way, speaking of, since you said Milky Cabrera, congratulations to Milky for retiring. Uh, oh, did he retire? He retired. Oh, really? Oh, yep. shoot, I didn't see it. Yep. I guess he's killing it in the Dominican League. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I, I, that was totally off Well, I was, I was watching the highlights, though, from that league. It's They got six teams, and, dude, it, it looks like it's great. I mean, the guys are having fun. Someone steals a base, he gets up and he dances. Like, Heck, yeah. You know, they got a, they know a run scoring. The whole team's down there dancing. It's like it's not even a home run. Right. Um, the whole vibe of the league is, like, it's cool. And and I would love to see that in, in Major League Baseball, you yeah. know, not seeing the game so constricted. But. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry to mention about Milky because it's funny because you're talking about him. And hey, I'd slap, I'd slap him too, uh, Manfred, and, and pretty much too. all all the owners in MLB. Yep, I agree. Let's get this lockdown done with, and let's get on with the winter meetings. Yeah, and on to the uh, spring training, and let's get baseball back together. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you who I want to slap is um, you don't see this in the NFL, but basically all those college kids that put their eye black down their eye like they're a Spartan warrior, and it starts on the forehead, it goes directly down their eye to their cheek. Um, if you wear your eye black, eye black like that, you, you deserve to be to be smacked. Yeah. Like that is – you'll never see that in professional sports because guys will be like, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. But that quarterback from USC, you know, that top pick – a uh, draft pick coming out of Michigan that wears the eye, eye black like that. It's like, dude, I would slap you. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slap skip I'm gonna slap skip Bayless. Oh yeah. Because he's he's just told I just want to slap him. He deserves to be slapped. I mean he he called out the Chiefs weren't gonna make the playoffs. We're not gonna win division. Yeah. When we start off at one and four. Yeah. And well. we had he had no faith in Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid or the Chiefs at all. And I just want to slap you because you're just an idiot. Yeah, he deserves it. You know. Go ahead, brother. Neely. What are you say? No, um, I'm right there with you, Davis. Totally. He, he he does have a very nice shoe collection. Always rocking the good J's, good sneaks in general. I don't care about shoe selection. He's just an idiot in general. He is a top level douche bag. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree. All right. Here's well, our favorite part of the episode, though. This is our this is our signature part of the episode. What the props to that guy? Because um, I got a good one this week. So do I. Oh yeah, I do. Well, shoot, I'm gonna take the thunder and I'm gonna get her started. Well, go, go for, for it, brother. You know a name we probably haven't heard in a while, but tennis has made some headlines. 
um, Djokovic, COVID, yeah, not yeah. getting into the Australian Open, so a bunch of back and forth. Yeah. Definitely sucks to be him, but it does it not suck to be. Guy. It does not suck to be Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras married a lovely young lady named Bridget Wilson mm. in the early 2000s. Bridget Wilson, uh, also known as Veronica, Veronica Vaughn, Vaughn from Veronica. Billy Madison. I want to touch your hiney. Ow! <laughs> Wanted to touch great, too, though. great yeah. movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hot, so hot. So how, many, how many daiquiris do you have today? <laughs> <laughs> hey, props, that guy. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. who else we got, fellas? Oh man, I got I got my list already. Uh, Doc, you want to go? All right, so my props this week is Sean McVay, the coach for the, the LA. Oh, the Rams. Chucky Soup guy? Yep, evidently he's the Chucky Soup guy. I've never seen the commercial, he is but yeah, Chucky you, Soup yeah, guy. Yeah, you tell me about it. Okay, it has nothing to do with his coaching uh, expertise or any of the accolades he's he's made there, but um, it's the fact that Sean McVay has got a smoking hot girlfriend, none other than the 31 year old Ukrainian model Veronica Komen. Komen. Komen, Komen. Either way, she's smoking hot. If you've never seen her. Google her, and uh, props to props to Coach McVay. Yeah, so, yeah. Props uh, to that guy. Props to, yeah, props to you, the chunky man. soup guy. Yeah, good for you. You know what? I'm gonna my mine is gonna be. You guys are not gonna. You guys are like, oh my goodness, when I tell you this, mine is Christian Ponder. What would he do? His, he's married to Samantha Ponder. If you don't watch Sunday NFL Countdown, we do. Who on doesn't? Sundays? Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. She's pretty hot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's gorgeous. Hey, you know, what? you know, and, yeah, Christian Ponder played NFL football Yeah. for a long time. He played for the Vikings. Yeah, played. Yeah. Uh, what was her name? Samantha Steele was Samantha her name. Samantha Steele. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah, like but now that. it's Samantha Ponder. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you if you get a chance to watch Sunday Sunday NFL Countdown, she's there. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. All right. So going from the props that guy, I'm gonna go to the sucks be that guy, and uh, my sucks be that guy is uh, the coach of the Miami Dolphins. What Flores? Oh, blind Flores, man. I feel bad for that you, guy. You you you. It took you two months to figure it out, but once you figured it out, you ended pretty well. Although you, you started off your wondering. schedule and conference kind of sucks, but. You start sucks off, to be you, man. Yeah, you, you start off one and seven. Mike Zimmer, sucks to be you. <laughs> well, let's just talk about Brian Flores first. Uh, Brian Flores starts off one and seven, and then yeah. closes out the season. Doesn't make the playoffs. With a garbage quarterback. Yes. He got a good run game. Yeah, but he, he started off one and seven, finished out the season at nine and nine and I think it was nine and eight. But they won seven of their last eight games. Yeah, I mean, sucks to be that guy. Sucks to be that guy, though. I feel yep. bad for Flores. Sucks to be that coach down in uh, Texas too, the Houston's uh, Houston's coach. Yep, David that was, Coley. Yeah, that was meant. To, that was they got a me- they got a they got a mess going on there with the Texans and Deshaun Watson and yeah. and but really what all these coach firings had in common was they all had bad quarterbacks. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And what, what's they funny, now, they're, now that everybody's going after, you know, Dan Quinn, Colleen Moore, you yeah. know, the all the Cowboys offense, defense coordinators, you know, and, I mean, obviously Benjamin's going to be going to play Minnesota, which 
hope he does, because if he does, then that means Nagy's come back to Kansas City. Yeah, we'll see. I wish him well. You know, the team I'm gonna be rooting for though is gonna be uh, the Chicago Bears, and nothing to do with the Bears so much it has to do with offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins from Topeka yeah. and a Topeka High standout who had a great career at Oklahoma State. Um, I'm totally rooting for him, just like I am Kai Thomas at Minnesota. Come to KU. Come to KU. Come back home, brother. We love yes, you, man. Yes, we need but you. I'll we be rooting. You. I'll be rooting for the Bears or any team that Tevin Jenkins is on. I think that kid's legit, and uh, props to him. Yep, I. I'm down with all those. I am uh, too. Now, I've heard you guys do this in the past. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You it's, got a comment for us? Got a man. I don't have one this week. So. I've got one, but Kodak Black mm. gets caught on film doing some dirty grinding dancing with a lovely young lady in the suite of an NHL game. Okay. Only problem is shouldn't this dude know that he's on camera all the time? Um this dirty grinding was accused to potentially be sexual contact. Yeah. Um yeah. no 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 stories confirming or refuting but he tried to have sex with her in the. It it it, it didn't look normal. I'll just yeah. keep it that way. You know, you go back to our episode we did on professional athletes and women. Magic Johnson, he had him in the sauna waiting for him after the game. Yeah, I mean and that kind of goes back. Sauna to, is okay, but it obviously that kind of goes back you know, to Irma she Meyer. Was, she too. was not a gutter girl. And that kind of goes back to Irma Meyer too with. Uh, Dancing with a female yeah, out of the He definitely doesn't have a job Not anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anybody and looking for a, anybody looking for a coach, Urban Meyer is now available. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, screw Urban Meyer. That girl is obviously not a gutter girl by any means, and and good for her. No, no. All right, Dave or Dizzle, you got a, a come on, man. I do. I personally uh, do not. I've got one. Uh, Devin Booker. Booker. Uh, guard for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I like Booker. Also a gold medalist. Yes, he is, and also a gold medalist. He really did help elevate that yeah. Olympic team. So I, he I, had, I really think he was the glue there. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Suns, and I'm a big fan of Booker. Booker is a good dude. Uh, so it's funny, because the other night, uh, I think it was, a, it was Thursday night, he uh, had a beef with the Toronto Raptors mascot. Yeah. Uh, for distracting during his free throw shooting in the fourth quarter of a basketball game. The game was on the line. Yeah. And uh, the mascot actually didn't end up being sent to time out because he was Booker, obviously, said, hey, yeah. send him to send him a timeout, you know? I'm like, how, how, are you putting, how are you putting the mascot of the opposing team in timeout. Yeah, in well, the, he, the mascot was trying to mess with him. It was kind of funny. The it game is, was but, on the line. But the thing is, there was like, no fans there either. So. Right, but but you go to Allen Fieldhouse, and the fans there, they're doing all the well, you know, waving and all that stuff. I think stuff. if there's a whole bunch of people, it's easier to block out. But if there's like that one, there's no one there, it's quiet, and you got that mascot down there being a jag, like, I get it. You know? Yeah. I wasn't mad at Booker at all. I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I get yeah. what he's feeling, but dude, in college. All the fans do everything like that, you know? Dude, something you said in there made me think of someone else I want to slap, okay? And remember that game against the Chiefs and the Bengals? 
And then they announced after the game that right before that game started, the NFL pulled one of the referees and gave us a different official. Oh, yeah. And that guy kept screwing us later in the game with those drive killers. Yeah. Yeah. I would slap that guy so hard if I could. Yeah. Because he, you know, we already talked about it. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Man, I still, I just want to slap that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, Davis, you're 100% on point with the come on, man, because you're a professional athlete. Um, if you can't handle a freaking fake dinosaur dancing behind the goal, um, probably time to grow up and move on, my friend. Yep. I don't know if he was trying to grab some attention or... Suns won the game, didn't they? Oh, they won the game. Yeah. Was, they, they won the game, yeah. But If he had missed those th- free throws, they, oh, they might have lost. Well, if he missed those free throws... There's five then he's seconds gonna... left in the game. They still had a chance of shooting. Well, if he misses those free throws, he's going to be complaining about it for the next two or three days on... Yeah. You know, social media because that's how it's twenty twenty one. I know what we do twenty twenty two exactly twenty twenty two. Complain, have a rap song. Yep, I agree. Well, Antonio Brown did that, so we're. If good. you don't have a rap song, what's wrong with you? Yep. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and be a part of our show. And remember, kids, don't do drugs. And as always, let's go, Chiefs.